Welcome to the Helping Hands podcast with me, Gail Louise Turner. On this podcast, I will be chatting to inspirational people and I will be finding out about their life story, their influences and how they give that extra helping hand every day. If you'd like to follow me, please go to my Facebook, which is Gail Louise Turner or on my Instagram, which is Gail GLT. Each episode of the Helping Hands podcast will be having an accompanying Spotify playlist with my guest musical influences. This can be found under Helping Hands podcast playlist on Spotify. Now it's time to sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Good afternoon. Today is the 26th of July 2021. The time is 10 to 6. We're in the night time. My name is Gail Louise Turner and I've come to you today to tell you where I'm up to really in life and and like I've always said don't always believe what you see, see, what you hear, what you read. It's up to you to make that decision to to see if people are telling the truth. You can't always know but what I've learned is everything that you hear isn't true and the decision is yours. To listen to this standalone episode, please go to Gail Louise Turner Helping Hands Standalone Episode Series 2 and the accompanying Spotify playlist you can find by going to Gail Louise Turner Helping Hands Standalone Spotify Playlist Series 2. So I'm here to tell you a story now story that might be true it might be not but it's for you to decide so I felt I needed to tell you this story today and I needed to speak to you all today because I've been looking around to see what's going on and I felt that my future had something to do with it so I hope that makes sense to you so here we go with what I've got to say my name is Gail Louise Turner um, I've spent my, my lifetime learning about myself and others. I've been searching for the right people, job and experience and I've met so many people and this summer I've travelled around the UK because that's all I've been able to do. Through the years I've been learning, I've been meeting people and every person that I've met is a lesson and I'm thankful for that lesson and I hope you all feel the same. And I feel like I've been looking for things and I've been on this mini mission on my own. And I've visited so many people and places. Sometimes I feel like I am Ben Fogel or Michael Palin. And I've been searching for something and I've been looking for inspirational people to meet. And I have done and also interview in my Helping Hands podcast. So throughout COVID and maybe in the last 15 years, I've been putting myself in other people's shoes to see how they feel and act about what has happened around them, what has happened to them. I've stepped back from people and tried to help people as much as I can. And I would say in the last two years, um, by meeting people, talking to people and making podcasts and Spotify accompanying playlists and the accompanying Facebook page on Gail Louise Turner and the Instagram on Gail GLT, I've, I've felt like I've been able to put all my thoughts down and it is a piece of work to me it's like a second job so I hope it helps you as much as it helps me and I feel like I'm blogging to you today but I am still telling my story 
So we're all trying to find the right people, the right job, the right experiences, and it might be a lifelong quest. We might be successful, we might be not. I just think life's a long journey. And like I said, I've been trying to help people, but through through my journey, I've been learning, and I think learning is so important. And I mean, just to let you know what I've been up to these weeks, I have been to the gym and I've experienced some really fun classes and met some great people. And in fact, I've gone back to some of the classes because I think I think pre-COVID, I, I actually experienced some of the classes and I must admit, I'm not very good at these classes, but I give it a go. A little bit like um, The Chef, Nigel Slater. Do you remember uh, the documentary drama when, when he was a boy and he went into... Um, he went into his restaurant and they gave him a go. I feel a little bit like that with my gym classes. Not the the best dancer, but it was it was quite fun dancing. I've really enjoyed uh, going to that and talking to people, sunbathing outside, and uh, also watching the Grand Prix and the the pre Grand Prix practice. That was really good. And going to some of the local towns, but at the gym I've managed to experience the aerobics, the shabam, and zumba, and hoping to get back into that unhealthy eating. I really need to concentrate on that as well as working of course. Now I don't know when you read other people's books or podcasts and you're listening that you feel that you are getting influences of other people. I certainly am getting influence around and I think people are so helpful and um, people have a lot of experience in life and things so it's really interesting to have them conversations with people. But for me as soon as the COVID pandemic hit everything changed people's life changed we all had to change our way of doing things and I feel people have got frustrated around the globe upset and stressed and I've noticed this and I don't really like it if I'm quite honest and so I continue to make my podcast series through the pandemic and obviously on series two and we're doing um, a standalone episode today and I really like doing this. I really like talking and I've always been a really great talker. So it's nice to, to have a voice on here. But I really wanted to know how people were affected by COVID and what their future plans were. And through the series two, I, I will be asking the guests that. I've already asked that question. And I actually want to know how COVID affected them and are they are they okay with this? And are they still able to help themselves and other? what strategies have they put in place? But for me, what I've noticed is that through every single stage of the COVID virus, people's plans have changed. They've had this one idea. They've had this five-year plan, and it hasn't always gone to plan. And they've had to they've had to manage the change. And it's not always not always easy. And I've noticed that. And through the podcast and COVID, and through probably all my life, I've met people everywhere, and I feel quite proud to the fact that I've met all these people and I probably like I've said to you before I probably forget names but I remember faces and I, I and if I do forget them please come and say hi and introduce yourself and my apologies for not remembering but that's me and I think it will always be that but everybody um, is on their own journey and it's a never-ending story And looking at the bigger picture, in my opinion only, through every single stage of COVID, every single announcement, every newspaper clipping, every radio broadcast, something changed and everybody had to adapt to what was going on around them. 
and this is really really hard and, and I'll hand my uh, hand up on this one I think sometimes I need that extra help in hand for somebody to, to 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 give me that correct guidance because we don't all know the answers and sometimes we do need that extra bit of help in hand but we were brought together and I, I will say it again we are living in this kind of world war two scene where the community is so important and I was trying to think back that are we living in in another technological age like the industrial revolution are we are we living through that again where lots of changes around us nobody knows what they're supposed to be doing and nobody knows what they're supposed to be doing like I said again people are writing about what they're doing they're looking for the answers the answers are not there and I was trying to find the right key people who could be around me and around the situations that I that I am in but I didn't really want to analyse this too much but I hope people need me and I definitely need people around me and um, I've kind of spoke to people um, everybody really I mean having that cup of tea in the cafe that chat on the phone we've got zoom we've got messenger just to uh, and I think I've done this just to try and check on everybody's health and well-being it's really really important to me that and in fact I've always asked that it's not just COVID I've always thought of others and um, it's been really nice actually I've actually taken my mum to a cream tea um, on Friday um, which was nice she drove so I had one PIMS um, which was okay because I wasn't working the next day so I didn't drive at all so one PIMS the cream tea it was nice to have that motherly bond uh, daughter bond so that was great just and and catching up with friends as well and going off on my own really and learning and I think sometimes when you do go off on your own and travel around you do pick up influences and sometimes I feel like I'm playing the role of Hannah Gregg from Quarry Bank Mill, Bitch It's Potter and Jane Austen and um, do you remember the Power Rangers series uh, from back in sort of 95 was it? And I think we had the characters of Catherine Hillard and Adam Park and Tommy Oliver and Jason Lee Scott and Kimberly Hart and a few others which have uh, gone out of my head. But their, their mentor was um, Alpha 5 and Zordon. And for me, it was all about building relationships. And I always remember that. I mean, the, the television series, The Power Rangers, started back in 1993 and I've always felt that leadership that team every single person in that team has got a different skill and their mentors or don looked for that that their individual attribute and skill which they could bring to the table and every time they passed on the legacy and the team changed and they passed the torch those memories were still there people remembered them people and they learnt off them and the new team learnt off the old team and they all had this fantastic legacy and, and that show's still around today I'd probably wouldn't put it on now maybe for the anniversary episodes if I can but I always remember that teamwork so so important um, in your work life in your home life and helping people I think we definitely need that at Covid and I've seen a lot of evidence of that and I, th I think it's so important Like I've said before, everybody's influential. People who I've met on my travels and also, you know, these influential people. I mean, even picking up a novel from Jane Austen or Beatrice Potter, J.K. Rowling, in fact, all these people have had this one idea 
and they've and they've created a whole series with lots of inspirational characters and of course c.s lewis narnia always remember the bbc production and i obviously love the waldron media version and all of these characters are brought to life with a pen and ink or typewriter working with the suppliers working with the writers putting them into television series into videotapes cds podcasts everything even the wireless back in the 1930s all of these ideas have come from a little bit of um, piece of paper some ink and somebody's brain and i think it's so important to remember these people and i mean all these people that have wrote these novels are there forever aren't they so it's quite important to go to the past to see what's going on now So by me providing this service of this podcast series, this Helping Hands podcast series, I've influ- um, influential people are, are around us, aren't they, every single day and I'm lucky enough to interview them and I'm hoping to interview them throughout the, the podcast series and going through the years. My Facebook page, Gail Louise Turner, has got so many influential characters and clips and Spotify and bits of information that I found which help me if I read and listen and watch in fact and I think you can do it as well and when I've put the playlist together with some of the audio of the the podcast I am bringing to you a radio show with some audio and it's kind of like a radio show but it helps me and others and I'm really thankful to everybody who's actually talked to me and interviewed I'm, I'm so proud of you because like I said you've all put pen to paper you've, you've wrote down about your life story your influences and I think it's really really nice to journal it's quite therapeutic and I think it helps you as well and your stories may help those people in need they might they might not say thank you but they might see you on a street and smile at you I know I've smiled at influential people and um, it's not always easy to say thank you but I think you know when you're reading these novels there's definitely inspiration there and and everybody has had their their part to play and in the pandemic we are relying on all the local amendmentees so the transport the trains the cars the petrol the healthcare retail workers food houses healthcare providers and these are the people who are helping us at the moment so I, I I'm given this opportunity to thank you for for that. Um, I'm so grateful. You know, watching the news and seeing all these people who help everybody every day is absolutely fantastic. And I feel that through each stage of COVID, some of the luxuries have been taken off of us. But we've all worked together and our priorities have changed and we're looking at things very, very different. But my wish is to get everybody back together, get everybody, the family and the friends, go for a nice meal, go for a dance and some drinks, have a chat on the phone, Zoom calls. And even if you have been separated, come back for that coffee and that little chat. And I think that would help everybody to to just get their thoughts out there. And just even if you're moaning about how long you're waiting for a bus or how long you're waiting for a train or um I'm absolutely starving. I have no idea what I'm supposed to cook today. I forgot to buy the milk. I forgot to buy the butter. Oh gosh, I'm just going to have to have, uh, I don't know, beans on toast. Uh, do, do you know, it's, it's it's having those little conversations. And what did you watch on TV today? Well, do you know what? I had a conversation with my brother and I was watching Ben Fogel's Chernobyl 
and it was on the 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 Sky TV, and it was a, a repeat of the Chernobyl disaster, and that is um a very very influential drama, and in fact you must watch it. Um, so Ben Fogel's gone in and he's seen the Chernobyl, the disaster. Um, it's it's so haunting, and I think about it to this day, from nineteen eighty six, and so many people were affected by it, and I just think you've just got to look at the bigger picture because um that was a mistake at the end of the day and um it's a very very sad true story and i just think we just need to be careful what we're doing please feel free to enjoy life but life can change in a second so you know i'm definitely listening to what people are saying to me because you you just don't know what's going to happen i'm not saying this to scaremongering you because i don't think that's the right thing to do but i just think I personally like watching things like that. It's it scares me, but I think it opens my eyes and and you definitely think of the bigger picture. And it and sometimes it's hard to enjoy life, but I think you've got to. And I had that conversation with my brother, and he's a very knowledgeable man. Well, as you all know, I work in retail and make podcasts from home. And I love and I love musical films and TV and helping people, and I actually hope I can be of service to you all um, in this pandemic and writing up the scripts and playing the podcast playlists with some kids' TV eighties and nineties influential songs. It's not always easy working and um, and everything else. So if I can bring you that moment of I wouldn't say glory, that moment of joy, that moment of escapism, of happiness, then then I'm doing what I need to be doing. And then working alongside you in my day job as well. Hope we can have that five second conversation. How are you? How are you doing? What have you done today? What are you cooking for tea? You can give me some ideas for tea because um, I've been cooking soup and salad. I need some more inspiration. So I think you guys are the experts on that one. And please stop me eating chocolate because I, I only have 15 sins a day on Slim and World. So I need to work on that one. So please feel free to give me ideas on um, entertaining you all because I feel like um, we all need to be happy. And if I can help with that, I will do. So, yeah, and, and that was another thing. So I am a very curious person. So I felt all of this time I needed to re-examine what was going on around me and get all the key people back and check on everyone's well-being and live the life as best as I can with what I've got around me and others because everybody's different and everybody's life different and to be honest I think I had all the key people there in the right place need to get them all back if that's possible so to help with this I found it necessary in my opinion to go back into time in history to find some more inspirational people and look at their individual attributes to see what they're about and actually see how they coped when faced with adversity to compare today's life to then to see if it would actually help me. So I travelled back in time. I went to the Paradise Mill in Macclesfield where the people made the first jacquard handlooms in the world and I saw some fantastic equipment and spoke to Trish, who was my guide on the day. So informational people here were Sheldon and Cartwright and Charles Rowe. Now, the success of Charles Rowe Mill in Macclesfield 
brought expansion and technology to the town where Charles Rowe was able to build more mills. In fact, there was quite a lot built after the initial one and it brought the economy back and the economy was going and he was such an inspirational man. And Sheldon and Cartwright were in charge of the Paradise Mill. So if you were living in Victorian times, you would be looking for key people to recruit. And according to Sheldon and Cartwright, this is what you'd be looking for. So if you were a man, you could apply for a steward role where you would oversee others working in the mills. You could apply for a handloom weaver, creating higher quality silks. You could apply for the tacklers role, which was keeping the machines in working order. Um, Also, if you were children. Now, the the children had small hands. They were working at such a, um, a young age. So they were working between three and four years old. So... They, they they were sort of like a cheap source of labour. So they would wind the silk thread onto the pins, which would shot um, slot into the shuffles. They'd also um, have a role as a piercer, fixing any broken silk. The threads, um, fixing that. And the children, as young as three and four, were working six, um, six days a week in the mill. So that's quite a lot of days. Also, the women and girls could work as a bobbin winder, minding the machine winding thread onto bobbins and replacing bobbins until they were full. Also, another role was a doubler, twisting strands of silk together to make a thicker thread. The warper, winding warp threads onto a beam in the tram. And this was one of the probably the best paid job as a woman. And also a pair room weaver which was monitoring several pair looms and this was also a well-paid job and in fact I got to have a bit of um, a demonstration of of the mill. So Trish the tour guide took me around Macclesfield Mill and explained to me what type of equipment was used, how it works and just a little bit of information about it. Here's Trish's demonstration. Idea, don't you? So you've just got that little driveway and it's just in contact with the bobbin there and it's just turning and pulling the silk off the skein and obviously going back because it's always to get a nice smooth even wind of the bobbin. So I put what, seven on haven't I? Yeah each side holds 13 so 13 this side 13 that side and this is only one of these machines. These would have been on the lower floor of the mill and they would have got the whole length of the so there would have been a lot of these. And one young lady would have looked after about four sides of each machine. So keeping that whole process going. So obviously when a skein is finished, put a new skein on the swift. When a bobbin's full, take that off. But also if you get a broken thread or a tangle, we'll sort that out, unwind it and so on. So I always think this must be a really tedious job. You know, those are low pay. It's working quite well now. When we came back after the lockdown, because we had 14 months break, 
a lot of the machinery is eased up. But now we've started running it again, it's running really nicely. So that's your first process. And when you've done that, of course, all your silk is now on bobbins. So the next thing you want to do is set the looms up for weaving. So weaving obviously involves the crisscrossing of the warp, which is the long waist thread, with the weft, which is the left to right thread. So on these little looms, this is the weft. So the weft gets wound onto that little wooden spool, that's called a pern, and the pern then sits in the shuttle on that little spindle, and you thread it through that little white porcelain eyelet, and that's what carries it through the warp when you're weaving which you'll see when I do some weaving, but you can have a look at those. I think these are just lovely if you want to sort of handle it. They're so smooth and streamlined. And I've been told it's made of boxwood, but they're lovely, aren't they? Really nice little object. So the next thing you want to do is wind the pen. And that's done on here. As we move along the floor at Paradise Mill, Trish shows me the second piece of equipment along the line. She shows me the best way to work it and how they would have worked it back in the day. This is called the warping mill. And you turn the machine on. And you engage that lever there. And then that starts winding up the warp with an even tension. And then you've got your length counter at the end. Now, that reel only wants 450 bobbins. Say you want 5,000 more fits on your wall, so you've got to build this up in sections. So you'll wind a section of 450 threads to the right length, stop the machine, you move all this along on this bar, attach it again, and you wind another section, and another section, and another section, and you slowly build up the wall until you get the number of threads you want. And while that's winding, you have to watch the wheel for any empty bobbins or broken threads. Because if you find one, On the next piece of equipment, Trish, my guide for the day, shows me the importance of socks. People always default to what's the simplest, don't they? So what's this called? This is a sock knitting machine. So it was invented for knitting socks, but it just knits a tube of knitting. And Cartwright and Sheldon were using this to cover the cones of silk, you know, to keep them clean and everything. But yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? Love the way that works. It is lovely. Mm. So you were just saying to me about Macclesfield is for silk and that's that's silk the home. weaving and silk. processing, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. But as I said, I'm pretty sure Leek was a dyeing town. They did all the silk dyeing. And Congleton, and Congleton was ribbons, wasn't it? And what was uh, style? Style was a cotton mill. Um, but I, the only thing link I can think of with silk is with the Lee family. I know that they had silk wallpaper in their house, 
because the National Trust have recently reproduced all that. They've had it woven somewhere, it must have cost a fortune. And they've recreated how the house was when the Lees lived there. So, I mean, it might, it's only a sort of tenuous connection, isn't it? But it's a connection nevertheless. Well, it's the end of the workday at Paradise Mill for me. I actually forgot to clock in. So I need to make sure that I clock in and clock off properly. So I actually get paid right. And Trish is going to help me with this. Clocking in and clocking out. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? When we have school children, we let them have a go at doing My thanks to Trish from Paradise Mill Mackerfield Museum for, for the tour and the general school lesson. I really, really appreciate it. And my thanks also to the rest of the ladies at Mackersfield Mill for showing me about the mill and helping with my school day on the day. On the day, I only got a snapshot of how it would feel and actually be living in the mill at the time. I got to hear and see the equipment and I was so privileged. I felt a wave of sadness come over me as I was looking at my feet and the shaky ground. I felt like I could relate to it and, and empathise with those workers who, who were there looking at all the pictures and all the signs and the equipment and the, and the pure silk because I know myself I can't sew. I would have to employ somebody to sew for me so maybe I am one of the recruiters choosing the rest per the best person to do the job but after talking with Trish I felt a moment of sadness and the conditions weren't that good but the good thing is they were all part of one team they took pride in their work and they didn't want to make a mistake as they would be punished or docked pay which would be the worst thing to them because in the industrial revolution and working with mills Life was hard, people were tired and to me all the people who worked in the mills were influential because they did really really long hours and lots of accidents happen. I mean a previous example the children were working six days a week and often they their hair was scalped, their little fingers were, were torn off they were in lots of agony. The The adults died quite young, so they needed a really good diet. It, it was quite bleak, but some mills, the staff were treated good and some were bad. It was, it was just the look of the draw. Upon my research of mill life at Macclesfield Museum, I found out that mill life actually had a brighter side and each year there was a works outing and they usually went to Blackpool and they had a savings club, cricket and a bales team, which is great really. That's a bit of a highlight to the, the mill workers. 
But uh, for my research, I found out that weaving was the most important thing for the Cartwright and Sheldon activities. The main product of the handling was actually a 28 inch 70 centimetre squares of pure silk. And it was used for making these sort of these rich pattern fabrics for dressing gowns. Everybody likes wearing a dressing gown. And they also made ties as well. So so I think they did a lot of good and they helped a lot of people by providing these clothes. I continued to work around the Paradise Mill and time changed from what I understood and what I learnt on the day. The priorities changed for the staff when World War II was on. During the Second World War, the silk was only available for military uses and Cartwright and Sheldon made parachutes which was used in the war effort and they used synthetics which was the most important thing to be used also after the war. In my opinion, listening and reading to the story of the mill, it was interesting to hear and read how the people lived at the time and even in the advancement of technology, people still struggled. People were stressed. Um, so they just literally had to find different ways of working. They adapted to the change in society. And I actually saw some photographs on the wall um, some of the workers look sad, could relate to that, and some look really happy. So there was a bit of a mixture there. So Trish told me um, about some of the workers and they, they interestingly enough, and I really like this, they cared about the work. They were so worried about making a mistake and getting in trouble. They didn't want to get in trouble. They were so proud and they did all these long hours. And I think that's why they had the sad faces because they wanted to be recognised because at the end of the day, they were the family breadwinners. They had to put bread and milk and eggs and cheese and and uh, rosé wine which is probably they wouldn't have back then and cups of teas and coffee and milk they were so worried about paying the rent and the little faces on that photograph I felt quite sorry for them because they were their little workers and um, they did the best and I think that's all they needed so I don't know these people but by looking at the photograph and analysing I, I, I'm going to give them a pat on the back and putting myself in them shoes I could really emphasize that it was a different time and they must have had such commodity working together they cooperated you know they they they, they had a laugh and I suppose they wouldn't been able to talk a lot which would have been really really difficult but at the end of the day they did the best and they cared about what they did which is you know which is really important especially in in times of great need so I really like seeing the photograph and, and hearing the story around it but the, the mill was turned into a museum back in 1981 and it was really, really nice to see that it was preserved and, and, and having seen the, the equipment going and having a chat and a school lesson by Trish, I really, really enjoyed that. And, and I hope when you hear the podcast, you, you will put yourself back into the shoes and, and see the, the, the bigger picture really of, I mean, putting yourself back into history. I think you can you can look on things very, very differently.
as you just heard there that was the quarry bank mill water in the pond i'm just stood up here now just talking to you and all i can see is a forest and a thicket there's beautiful trees we've got the water right at the bottom and behind me we've got a bench and lots of gravel and to, to be honest i'm really out of breath i've i've just walked all around the estate and the grounds and i'm just taking a brief moment to just to talk to you so um i'm visiting quarry bank mill today which was established by samuel gregg and the advancement in technology and how the workers are treated is what i i am here to see today now just so you know style mill in style cheshire england is one of the best preserved textile factories of the industrial revolution and samuel gregg's wife hannah lightbody later married greg so she was called hannah greg and i went to see um the superintendents and the apprentice house and all of the grounds just to find out how it was living back when things were very very different so the gregs lived on the estate everything was was there for of the workers the museum actually worked with local industries the mill is actually located next to the river Bolan, which actually provided water to the power to the water wheel, which is interestingly enough connected to the road by bridge water canal. So at the time, Quarry Bank Mill really relied on the local amenity of the canal and the river Bolan, which is a good thing to remember. So really from this, from my research, from the archives and the Quarry Bank Mill and the tour guides on the day who called themselves the apprentices and the superintendent so thank you very much to them at quarry bank mill for 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 all their support so at quarry bank mill the mill owners hannah and samuel gregg could actually transport raw cotton from the port of liverpool and the style railway and the the workers could also get back into to work from from the canals the boats and the railways so that was really really useful to rely on local transport and amenities there so just for your information quarry bank mill was built in 1784 by greg and the aim of it was actually to spin cotton now the mill was expected to change through history and in fact it did so the mill's employees lived in the accommodation next to the mill and greg Samuel Gregg himself built cottages for its workers and his workers rented them. Now the the rent was deducted from the wages so the workers needed to be on their best behaviour otherwise there would be trouble. The Greggs themselves lived in Quarry Bank Mill and today it's used as a museum. The Greggs changed their way of doing things at the time went by. They, they adapted to what was going on. They built cottages, a place of worship a village shop and provided medical care for its workers. Now whilst I was actually at Quarry Bank I went on the tour of the apprentice house and I met the superintendents there who were who were a married couple. Many thanks to them for showing me around and give me a little brief history of what was going on. I also went on to the Quarry Bank Mill website and looked at the archive on the National Trust. Many thanks for that. So the 
the superintendents on the apprentice tour and the rest of the helpers and friends there on the day helped me out and they, and they told me the story of the child apprentices which is a very heartwarming story I may add. So to them life was very very important and according to the tour guys Samuel Greb believed that they the staff were cheap labour but the children were better treated here and had a better life than living in the workhouses under the, the stepmother care of the poor law. In 1847 the apprentice system war was actually completely abandoned. Now Greg believed that you can get the best out of his workers by treating them as family. So they were looked after by the superintendents who who looked after their care and morals and taught them some very very good lessons and it was really interesting and and and, and in fact they told me they looked after the well-being which is completely what I need to hear for the helping hands podcast so, and their health care was was actually provided for and they, they looked at religious studies on a Sunday and also they had to sit in lessons so they were very very occupied so their mind was going all the time this is exactly what we want so the children um at style like paradise mill back in macclesfield life wasn't actually that easy the children worked 12 hours per day six days a week and they could only play on a sunday but like i've just said they were also educated and taught re and went to church so the children had very very busy lives it'd be interesting to see if we had a conversation with children today and if i was to explain to them what went on back at quarry bank mill how they'd feel about stepping into their shoes that would be a very very interesting question so the 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 gregs looked after their well-being and they were very strict with them and to the gregs they needed their health and well being being cared for which also included the diet so I don't know what you think about this one but their diet consisted of fruits and vegetables grown in the garden carbohydrates and water now the Greggs there they like I said they looked at the education they was very very strict with the children and they provided good food good morals which helped the employees feel good about themselves and in, in, in their eyes, the Greg thought, well, if the staff were looked after, they're going to do me a better job. So I'm going to get more money and I won't have to sack them and I won't have to dis, um, discipline them. So the, the, the life was a lot easier than the workhouses. So the Greg had very strong morals. And as they passed on to the orphan child labourers and this moral was passed on, and according to the superintendents on the day at the apprentice tour, the employees needed to be in good health, have good morals, a good education, eat well and be well behaved. The Greggs took pride in this and the punishment for the apprentices didn't actually look too good. And if they misbehaved, and they did do obviously, some of the children run away, which was not a very good idea, I might add. And some of the apprentices were sent to a very special room. And after hearing what the apprentices um, and the superintendent said about the children, I don't think any children would want to misbehave because the punishment did not look good. 
just a thought there children um so many thanks to the superintendents there for, for that tour i really really enjoyed it so style style was very very interesting and and i could see similarities between style and macclesfield there another town that i visited whilst on my tour of uk on my two-week break was congleton somewhere i'd been for years and years my family grew up there so i knew a lot about it but then did i because i i went back to the congleton museum and spoke to ian on the day and many thanks for ian who who gave me the tour and, and explained a little bit about the history now the congleton museum focuses on the four bits of history very very important my main interest though was the history of the world war Two and the industrial revolution and in fact i'll get on that subject just a little bit later but going back to style in cheshire congleton was all about the industrial revolution and it was assisted by the river dane mills so there was there was a lot of industrial revolution and a lot of people from manchester came on the train and evacuated to congleton i'll explain a little bit about that later so the surrounding towns then of congleton we've got macclesfield we're impacted by what was going on into history and actually today if you if you are a little bit of a trivia queen or king you will will know that through the years in the modern day era a lot of the canals and places and mills were the names the title names of some of the community radio stations including daneside canalside silk fm bear town and there's a few others so that was a really really good name and in fact congleton itself was named after the chorus of the 20th century folk song congleton bear and in my opinion as well as the transport links for example, the river, the trains, the canal, the mills and the textile and the modern radio stations were all linked and the radio stations help people today in providing a service of training for the community. Also looking at Redshift and also the CAT and also the local radio stations. People have been there to be trained, they're given entertainment, they're given news and to all of us on Redshift Online, uh, for me, for my Helping Hands podcast, I'm given a service, I'm given entertainment and education on my Facebook, Gail Louise Turner, and also my Instagram, uh, G-A-I-L-G-L-T, and also my Spotify accompanying playlist, Gail GLT84. It's all to entertain you and make you smile through COVID. And when I've watched the How You Used to Live videotape and um, tv program which was around in the 70s and 80s i've seen the history through the time and and how it's affected the families and also the workers and it's really really interesting looking back on that now because i, I remember seeing one of the the episodes where they had a wireless and they and they 
plugs the wires into the tap and caused lots of havoc and I think when I've been doing my podcast in the past there's lots of wires going on there's people in the house and we have to have quiet when the podcast is going on so in the 30s with the wireless they had all these problems with batteries and leaking batteries and that kind of thing and today we all have problem with wires microphones wi-fi is my worst problem and trying to get the the, the sound right and the audio so I, I feel for the the people on the how we used to live series and also the people in history to work with technology but back to congleton so um the transport links so all of these mills in um in in the surrounding cheshire the river the trains the canal and the mills and the radio stations help people and give them the service and i'm sure when i when i meet people in the future with 10 years time they'll have loads of stories on on how they they, they lived around congleton and in fact i actually looking at urbanization and i've thought about this and i've researched as well and talking to people on my travels today many of the mills helped with urbanization and have been converted into residential units and um, business and houses and congleton is actually located in the valley of the the river dane and today as well as a radio people can visit aspie golf club there's also a sanctuary people can go to the clonter opera and congleton museum which have been and we've definitely got the the transport links there we're close to the m6 we've got the congleton and macclesfield railway station there also and also uh, located near style would be the manchester airport um which which is great also so we've got all them linked towns and also the radio stations and for me i think it's very important for the workers to get to work from from looking on the outside we we all use the public transport even in the covid pandemic so we definitely do rely on the transport so it's 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 actually interesting all the restrictions that we have have affected us so like i said at the beginning with each movement with each change with each announcement we all have to look what we're supposed to be doing and try and adhere to the, the new rules and i think it's tough trying to work out what we're supposed to be doing but we will get there because we're all going to work together and i think information is key clear information the right information and i, th- and I think like I said at the beginning, we are living in a very different world now. Each stage creates change. We all need to work together. And and I think if we don't know something, it's okay to ask that question and get the help. Another important town in Cheshire East is Crewe. And the people in Cheshire East still use Crewe Railway Station. You've got links to the M6 again. Um, we live in Cheshire East constituency. Um, there's so many people who use Crew Station today. I've I've been there today and had a look, and it's so important to to get them local transport links. You know, get the car, meet people, have the conversations, get the economy going, getting people's wages into to pockets. It's, it's so interesting to 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 look at this kind of subject, and I think people like current affairs and. I like to know what's going on. I, I don't know the answers. So it's it's nice. And if people want to, to give that information and, and ask the right questions and find out it's interesting, there's so much I would like to know and there's so little time. But Crewe is a really, really good town because we've got all of the the, the railway links um, and things like that. It's about an hour and a half to London on the fast train. We're, we're close to Manchester and the M6. And 
when I went on the train today, seeing the, the, the smiles and waves and, and, and people are going on holiday. We just started the, the summer holidays. I've actually looked back at my holiday this year and I've put myself into the shoes of other people and actually to think about what I've learned. And my heart went out to everybody who was affected by COVID and I know people still are. And, and I stepped back and I sat on the seat and I thought about past life and like I said I went to Congleton Museum and I thought about my time there and after reading up um after World War II I found out that a lot of the evacuees used the trains to travel to new places and visit and stay with new people and as we go into the summer holidays and the children are breaking up for summer I wonder if the children of today have thought about the restrictions and hardships that they're living through now in COVID and would their families and the teachers actually explain to them the hardships of being an evacuee in World War Two and using the public transport and, and being transported away from the families. It's a very, very interesting story. From, from my research at the Congleton Museum, and thank you to Ian for that, and I found out that a lot of the Congleton townspeople came from Manchester on the train and they, they came into the, the town of Congleton and, and lived a life there. They weren't there for that long from what from what I've read and, and was talked about, but they, they did experience a life because Manchester was a really big town and it was hit by bombs and it must have been so frightening for the families to say bye to the children and the children to go a new town but I bet the children weren't quite aware of what was going on so in a way it, it was apprehensive for them but in a way it was exciting and I always think of the Chronicles of Narnia and the story of the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe both versions in fact and the books by C.S. Lewis and the fact that the Penzieve children went on a train and went to Professor Diggory's house and uh, Mrs. McCready and stayed with them and uh, they, they lived a life there. They went into the wardrobe and no time at all went past and it was they were so confused they, 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 they suffered the war. They went into Narnia through a wardrobe. They come back out. No time at all had, had actually gone. They've experienced this new fantasy place which escaped the horrors of the war. And spoke to Professor Diggory, who, who who they were staying with, and he actually believed the story, and that was absolutely fantastic. And he he did say to them that they wouldn't get back to Narnia that way, and of course they wanted to go back to Narnia, and their next quest was to go back and help Narnia when they were needed. And it's such a great story, all of the Narnia books. But I always remember that scene, um, very very powerful, and it just got me thinking about the evacuees and. This this summer, in COVID, people are going to go on the train and, and use public transport to get to these places. And, you know, their summertime is going to be so different. And it's just going to be going back to either wartime or, or you know, I don't know, the 30s. And when people just started to go on holiday. And, and I think it'd be very interesting to experience that as a child in 2021.
So after finishing my meal at the Duke of Gloucester and trying not to uh, drop my knife and fork on the floor and my glass, holding it in my hand because I've just seen some wasps and I'm very scared of wasps, I, I sit down and relax after I've, I've dealt with the wasps situation. And like I said, I spent my last hours of my holiday uh, visiting the Duke of Gloucester and treated myself to the last meal of the holiday as I'm going to eat healthy again. So that was steak and jacket potato and vegetables and it was very nice. So it got me thinking all my learning to do life and the fact that I spent at least 30 minutes of my time at Quarry Bank Mill in the bookshop looking at the Beatrice Potter collection thinking to myself shall I buy this Beatrice Potter books for my family's children and friends children and remembering the the television show the the world of Beatrice Potter story the, the the Peter Rabbit and the Johnny Bad Mice one and also the Tailor of Gloucester which was quite befitting really with the, with the silk and the posh clothes and and I'm sure some of my distant relatives actually sewed and used a sewing machine and actually made clothes and things I'm sure my relative did that from what I understand and the story of the world of Berkshire's Potter definitely depicts some of the the story to the Macclesfield Mill and it was quite apparent really that when I was at Quarry Bank Mill and I saw the garden full of vegetables it just reminded me of Beatrix Potter and the fact that in the bookshop there was Beatrix Potter some some strange reason that maybe Miss Potter wrote novels just like this a long time ago like the like I'm writing to you today so and and to me the the tailor of Gloucester that when when the man said we have no more twist and the little mice rally round to to get the the garment finished and he was very very stressed and he put this silk and this twist on the on the bed the cat did Simkin the cat helped and Simkin the cat helped the old man and the mice did and uh, the cat was shut out so it was it was it was quite nice really great story and obviously the the stories were, were were wrote at the turn of the century in the 1900s and they're still apparent to children today so on my trip around the uk i found that there is a lot of novels reference and i think these novels and these stories do help people so when people uh, and i'm interviewing people for the helping hands podcast i feel like some of people's influences are the articles are the novels are the songs they've heard and uh, i always will remember that the song from the the world of bitches potter the perfect day song it, it just seems to go with the whole show and the, and the neve cusack character playing bitches potter and as you all know neve cusack was also in heartbeat um in the 90s great story and it's a really 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 nice place to go and see all these museums and i know the the national trust and i think they are family family places to go but i mean i just went on my own because it was a nice thing to do i've been in the past i, I wanted to research a little bit of history because i knew i had this idea from a podcast in in my head so thank you to everybody at quarry bank mill who helped me at congleton museum and i also went to to bliss hill on day one as well and that was really interesting just to see how the industrial revolution and also 
the World War II actually had an effect on the families back there and all of the key workers and, and again today how that affects on the key workers and everybody involved today because at the end of the day we are we are in in the middle of a, co- um, a pandemic covid pandemic so i think we all need to to pull from the past to actually sort out what's going on and it's really really interesting and i think i would recommend to go all of these places As I continue to interview the inspirational people in series two of the Helping Hands podcast, I would 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 have loved to meet some of the inspirational people who who were involved in the Quarry and Bank Mill, the Bliss Hill, and the Congleton Museum, and everything to do with it. I mean, we we've got Hannah Gregg who who's who's looked after the welfare of the children and the families. We've got Samuel Gregg who was there running the mill and the business. We've got the superintendents at Quarrybank Mill dealing with everything to do with all the well-being. Um, we, we've got Beatrice Potter. We've got some inspirational uh, characters. Charles Rowe, who had such an influence on the economy in Macclesfield. And Sheldon and Cartwright, who who were the mill owners at Paradise Mill in in Macclesfield, alongside the silk mill as well. All these people are now in history. They're long gone. But people remember their names today and hopefully all of the inspirational people that I interview and that I've met and who we all meet, will, will, will people will remember them in history. And that, to me, is an important thing. So if you'd like to listen to this podcast episode, if you go to um, on the internet and have a look for... Gay Louise Turner Helping Hands Standalone Episode Series 2. And also if you go to um, Spotify and look for Gay Louise Turner Helping Hands Standalone Spotify Playlist Series 2. And if you look for Gail Louise Turner um, and it will be 8-4, all the information will be there to listen to the rest of the series if you go on helping slash hands.captivate.fm. Everything's there for you. And I honestly, there's so many inspirational people out there. And just a little point on the on the Spotify playlist, which I've just said, which was Gay Louise Turner Helping Hands Standalone Spotify playlist series two. There's some great summer songs on there, actually, some really inspirational songs. And in fact, the whole the whole lot's on there. But I've even included um some uh take that shine and could it be magic they've got some great inspirational lyrics and i think everybody likes take that some kids television some inspirational songs a little bit to do with living in a northern town so we've got sunshine by dario g and life in a northern town the dream academy some songs that you can go to the gym and do some workouts to or even listen to the podcast at home so you've got out of touch by united nations my 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 by Armin van Helden and there's so many songs on there and um, even looking at the history we've got Wish Me Luck by Gracie Fields and I think to me when when I'm handpicking all of these songs somewhere they'd have meaning to to somebody out there and I think like I said in my podcast series you probably have heard them in my company or 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 the surrounding area and I think it's really inspirational and another one here so around the world um with Willie Fogg which always reminds me of the the Phileas Fogg book um 
Around the World in 80 Days and of course the Michael Palin series on the BBC Around the World in 80 Days. There's something about navigating around the world and the UK and you, and you meet people and you find about people and history and it's very, very interesting. And I think also Howard Jones' Life in One Day is another great one. Um, I remember hearing that for the first time in the early 2000 era. Really, really great. Some great songs on there. Um, they all to accompany the actual audio. So now if you would like to be a guest on Series 2 and choose your own five Spotify songs to tell me your life story and who your inspirations are, whether it be novels, literature, books or 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 television shows or kids television or anything any people you've met who have inspired you if you would like to be a guest then please listen to my, my audio on helping hands.captivate.fm and email g-a-i-l-t-u-r-n-e-r-884 at gmail.com and if you do all that you will be able to be a guest on my next episode so thank you to everybody who i met on my holiday i'm going to plan my gym timetable trying to get there as much as i can i'm gonna to have to get back on um, a healthy eating plan it's going to be very difficult to do that because you know it's people are eating out now aren't they because it's summer and um that's that's my next plan and and, and hopefully to catch up with you all and and have that coffee and see how you are and and see what your future plans are they've probably been scrapped now because of what's happening with the covid pandemic and holidays but do you know what i really really like to see my family and friends so i'm hoping that can happen so thank you very much to everybody who has helped me with this podcast series and in life and i will see you all very soon many thanks